Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Casey here with another Innovating Church Field Report. This morning, I am joined by Pastor Sherelle, who serves at uh, New Heritage out of uh, Fairview, Texas. Pastor Sherelle, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Absolutely. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time to sit with another pastor and talk about what you're up to during this time. We're thankful, God, that you're with us, that you are before us, and that you're, you're nearby. God, help us to sense your presence. And thank you for what you're teaching us through this time of quarantine and sheltering in place. And as we start trying to emerge and gather back in buildings, God, we pray for your wisdom. Thank you for Church Innovations and thank you for Casey. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Sherelle, could you tell us a little bit about New Heritage and where you serve? Sure. So New Heritage Fellowship is in Fairview, Texas, north of Dallas, and it's a smaller church. Um, they wanted to have a pastor come that wasn't a preacher so much as someone to lead missionally and innovatively, and they're really a church that cares a lot about community and caring for others, and so that's where I've been for a little over a year. So in January, that was my first year, and it's been wonderful. All right. So a little over a year, and the last uh, three months have been certainly uncharted <laughs> territory for everybody. Um, so I guess, how was the transition from uh, what we would consider normal missional leadership to uh, leadership during a pandemic? The transition was really actually good. Our church, I feel like, is very flexible and mobile anyway, and so we switched to online. We went to Zoom our second Sunday. The first Sunday, everyone did something at home, but our second Sunday, we switched to Zoom, and it went really well, um, and yeah, it's a super flexible, non-anxious church, and so I've been really grateful for the transition going so smoothly. Good. That is uh, fantastic to hear. I know we've all heard some horror stories of uh, <laughs> technical gaps and very anxious bodies during this time, so I'm glad that that's uh, gone very well. Uh, what would you say your focus is during um, this time? How do, you, how do you preach or communicate or lead um, throughout this? So we've been leaning into this identity of being a church that is called together by God, um, that we're gathered, and in this time we're gathered mostly virtually, and um, that we're centered in the word and then sent into the world, which has also been interesting right now. And so we've just sort of been staying within that identity and what it looks like to be called gathered, centered, and sent right now. And we've actually switched sent to scattered, and which is a very biblical language. And also we're in the book of Acts as a congregation. And so that has fit very well with what's happening in our in our in the world. And so all of our speakers 
we're getting to lean into that identity a lot, what it means to be the church scattered and following the lead of the spirit and be creative during this time. Good. I uh, also, with my congregation, have uh, been going through the book of Acts first during Lent and then now uh, in the time after Easter and have also found that that's very beneficial. Um, have you and uh, the other speakers that you've had uh, during worship picked up on a lot of those, a lot of similarities? Yes, the scattered language. I mean, the church just being scattered about and all of the intimacy that's happening in homes. So the story of Cornelius and this huge pivotal moment, and there's just this intimate setting. And so many of these are happening on a road between a few people or in a home. And, and there's this invitation and drawing in that's happening in acts and in these new but intimate spaces i wouldn't even say new but new to us we're used to our gatherings being at the building and then just the way the spirit enacts is drawing all of these people together in in different ways and us getting to experience how even though we're scattered in different houses the spirit is still connecting us and we're still the body of Christ and we're, we've not been closed. We're open and trying to remain open to God and to our neighbors and each other during this time. One of the things that you said is um, you said not new, but new to us. And I noticed that through my uh, reading of Acts during this time, I've stopped saying unprecedented, right? Because I've found some precedent in Acts. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it, of course it's different pandemic versus uh, government that doesn't want to see the church happen, and mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's not unprecedented that the church has had to adapt like this. So. Yeah. Um, thinking of that not new, but new to us, or, you know, this precedented time, how important for you is the narrative that you as the leader of the faith community uh, brings to the table? I think the narrative is extremely important. And all of our speakers, one of the things that we've been able to do a lot better because of this is use Zoom to get our speakers for the month together and say, what story are we trying to, are we trying to tell this month? And so it's been extremely important. Um, Easter, I feel this year, it was very powerful to think about the church being sheltered in place because that's basically what was happening with the disciples. They were sheltered in place. And so all of that narrating, I think it helps to serve the purpose of a really positive identity that we are still the church, even though we're not gathering at this building together every Sunday, we're still the church and God is still moving. The spirit is still calling us to take care of one another, take care of our neighbors. And so everything that we're, we're tell all the stories we're telling right now on, on our virtual gatherings are about that. Good, thank you very much for that. Uh, I think that's an incredibly important lesson for all of us who are trying to lead during this time of, you know, the words we say and what we bring and how we frame this is very important 
uh, for our folks. Mm -hmm. um, what was what was it like? How uh, tell me about kind of the first days as you and your uh, fellowship realized that this wasn't something that we could just maybe not shake hands or give hugs for a couple weeks. How did how did the first couple weeks of the transition go for you? Wow, I was. <laughs> it it seemed like that happened so fast. Um, like we went from thinking it'll be all right in a, in a in a few weeks to realizing oh wow this this could be a while and now how are we going to stay connected how are we going to keep our the missional identity that we've been forming together and so I'd say the first the first couple of weeks the the first Sunday in particular we were just kind of like nobody knew what we we're headed into. <laughs> um, and then we just, we went with Zoom, we picked it up, we opened it up during the week for people to log in and figure it out. And on that first Sunday, we pretty much had all of our members and people just really leaned into it. And I know it's not the same. And, and you know, we're in Texas, hug and howdy is a big thing here. But I feel like our congregation has shown one of our strengths is flexibility and one of our strengths is that we care a lot it's a church it's a group of people that care a lot and that is one of the things that has been easy to narrate through this transition is to bring in those positive aspects of our church that have always been there but now we're getting to all of benefit from them so yeah, it's gone a lot better. The first two weeks were, were strange. I mean, who was prepared for it? I didn't learn anything about leading through this in school, but it's been a great experience overall. And I know hard for harder for some of our members than others. Yeah, it is uh, for for some members that I worry about for us too. Or you know, we have a few people that don't really use the internet or have internet access. And of course, those are the ones that I, I try to reach out to, uh, especially, but um, very much the, the same thing. And even though I'm not based in Texas, I can relate a lot to your hug and howdy. Uh, <laughs> that's really the identity of our people. There's a lot of uh, holding hands during the prayer and uh, hugging during the peace and, um, you know, a very very physical form of uh, connection here. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to, one of the things I worry about when I talk about the positive and that our church was easily leaned in, I know that that's not the case for everyone. I know some people are, have been sheltered in place in situations that are not good and not healthy. And so I just want to say that too. I know that it's not, easy everywhere and and it's been a lot tougher and people that struggle with addiction and um and isolation and loneliness and depression that it there it's been a lot different experience mm -hmm. yeah and that's uh trying to be present for those uh folks as well as people who are managing well and perhaps this is even a welcomed break for them as right. uh, as a pastor trying to ride that balance is a very yeah tall task right uh, 
So here we are over uh, two months after that kind of initial, okay, things are going to be different for us. Mm -hmm. um, what do things look like for you now? Is there uh, a plan of reintroducing some in-person stuff or anything concrete yet? So we are going to take it a month at a time. Our, our leadership team met early last week and we decided that we're going to, we have quite a few vulnerable members. And also it, as we've started to consider what it would look like to regather and all of the changes that are going to have to take place and all of the people that we might be missing because they can't come yet, uh, we decided we would wait and take it a month at a time. So for now, we're gonna continue online services for June and then just start, we're making a plan already for what it will look like when we do get back together. We'll probably have some smaller socially, dis, uh, physically um, distant activities before that, but we're gonna pay attention to information as it comes in and the needs of our, of our church and our community and then just stay in that process of discernment as we go along. Good. That uh, sounds like the, the smartest approach. And I know that a lot of churches are taking some very different stances on it. And I appreciate your um, resolve and your care for the community to, uh, to do it the way you are. Um, that's similar to us. We were considering some outdoor services, but uh, with Wisconsin weather, we don't have <laughs> that luxury every, every Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you that I want to, uh, see if I can get some answers. What has been the toughest part of the pandemic for you? I feel, I think knowing that we, there's a tension between the people that are doing really well and the people that are struggling. And so wanting to be present for both of those groups and all the people in the middle, that has been a challenge. There, there's a tension there and everyone is super understanding, uh, but I know that it's harder for some. And so just managing that tension has been a challenge. Okay, that, uh, that sounds very real and um the inverse of that what has been an unexpected joy during this time i have loved watching people take care of each other in our congregation calling sending cards meals the our, our leadership team has been calling every member of our church every week to check in which i think is something we need to keep doing after this is we're, I don't know where we're going to be in a few months, but wherever we are, I hope we'll continue to do that because I, I think sometimes our buildings tend to be the place we try to get all of the work of the church done. And this has, I hope, made us realize that um, by taking, removing the building from it, now we're realizing that we need to be checking in on each other without the building there using our, our old, <laughs> the phone and calling people and texting and, 
And so I've loved watching people take care of one another and then ask, people ask all the time, what can we do in our community? Are there any needs? And so watching people step into their local communities and help like help with seniors in their local high school to provide surprises for them because they can't have their normal graduation and seeing people care has been really a blessing. Amen to that. I, I really, really agree. That's a, it's a beautiful thing. It almost reawakens the spirit or the call to see our people do things like that and, and right. about their faith in ways that maybe I wouldn't have expected three months ago. Right. Um, and then the final uh, question I have, which is kind of a combination of the two, what's the most important thing that you think that you've learned during the last couple months? Oh, I think how important it is to, ha to have a non-anxious presence and be non-anxious because there's, there's, this is very disruptive. It's been disruptive. There's a lot of unknowns. People are holding a lot of disappointment. We don't know what's going to happen a month from now. We're used to knowing what things are going to be like every Sunday. You know, we're going to gather at the building. And, and even if there's a different speaker every week, we know what the, what the order of worship is. And right now, that's not what we have. And so non-anxious leadership has been really important and I, I realize that now more than I think I would have other, otherwise like this crisis one of the things that I've learned from church innovations and Mark Love is never waste a crisis and this has been an opportunity to to realize how important it is to to be non-anxious and to know that the resurrection is part of our story too and to live into that and to talk about that, the hope that we have. And I think that non-anxious leaders have a way of doing that naturally. That's really helpful. That's really uh, profound. I really like that, uh, you know, with resurrection as part of our story and, um, you know, that this crisis could actually be a good thing for our, our congregations. Um, not to discount the suffering uh, that some people are going through, but to use this as a time where the church maybe shouldn't return to normal, but can move better into what we're called to be. Yeah. One of the ways that I've kind of looked at this or have thought about this is, uh, so uh, in my tradition, we're doing um, uh, Ascension Sunday this weekend. And yes. we have the last part of the Gospel of Luke and the first part of the Book of Acts. And I've been thinking all week about um, what it means to change volumes, um, Ooh, yeah. to move from volume one to volume two, and uh, what that must have been like for the disciples who were then apostles, and what that could be like for congregations today as we figure out what it looks like to be church. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. Um, so uh, those are some of the major questions that I had for you. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about uh, ministry or anything that's on your mind or on your heart this morning? I've been thinking a lot about, I know I've 
been fortunate. Our congregation has done um, pretty well during this, but I have a lot of minister friends who are struggling and it's been tough and they're managing uh, polarities that are a lot more difficult than the ones I've dealt with. And so I guess I would just say if people are watching to send your pastor or your minister an encouraging note, <laughs> I guarantee they're doing the best they can. Right. And, you know, from one pastor to another and everybody who's listening, it goes so far. Um, yeah. You know, I got a little gift on May 4th from one of my parishioners that had a, uh, it was just a mask, but it was in Star Wars print. Um, <laughs> That's so um, great. Just, you know, little ways to show uh, everybody, including your pastors and um, other community leaders that you're thinking of them as very yeah. Yeah, we had someone bring us pizza one night, and that was just, it's the little things make a huge difference, and a little text to, to say, thank you, um, it goes a long way, you're right. Yep. One of the things that I've really enjoyed during this time is uh, people will send me photos of the whole family curled up on the couch with the dogs, with the worship service on the TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, taking their little to-go communion cups and communing by the lake or wherever. And um, just, yeah, letting, letting worship leaders and uh, know that uh, it's still meaningful. Right. I, I'll, what you said, just said about the curled up with the dog reminded me too of that there's fun, there's fun that has happened over this time too. We've had, pets in our services because of Zoom. <laughs> the Easter Bunny even showed up at our Easter service in our Zoom. So I, and I guess maybe too, I think that's a strength that our church has is we've tried to have fun. We played Zoom bingo, had a Zoom talent show. And so I think any way that we can add fun into this, um, this time is, is appreciated. Oh, I absolutely love that mindset. That's, uh, I always try to have fun with the worship service. And now that I've uh, been recording it um, kind of in isolation, I have uh, the Wilson volleyball from Castaway somewhere. <laughs> in the so I, uh, That's great. I'm trying to keep up that fun as well. That's great. So All Wilson right. comes to your services? He does, yeah. He's usually in the background. I think uh, this Sunday's service, I have him in a pirate hat, and uh, <laughs> he's just worn a mask or a headband, and I have families that always look for whatever I'm doing that's ridiculous this week. I love it. That's great. <sighs> All right. Anything else for us today before we, before we close? Thank you. Thank you for what you all are doing, what Church Innovations is doing. I've been to a couple of the I, the workshop and then some of the dwelling groups, and I think it's it's needed. This is new for all of us, and I, I've appreciated what I've learned in those sessions. And then just getting to fellowship and um, talk to other ministers and leaders. Well, thank you, too, and thank you for sharing your, uh, your experience and your leadership with us today. Um, may I close us in prayer? Sure, thank you. 
Gracious God, I give you thanks this morning for Sherelle and for New Heritage Fellowship, that they are a community that is listening to and following your spirit. May you bless them and Sherelle and pastors everywhere with your continued love and grace with your innovation and your spirit of hope in what comes next. We ask today that you be especially with those who struggle in uh, congregations and those who struggle in leadership during this time. May you bless them with people in their lives to show them that they are truly loved. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, who lived and died and lived again for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sherelle. I appreciate your time this morning and hope to stay connected and hear what, uh, what's next for New Heritage. That would be wonderful. Thanks a lot, Casey.